it's always gonna be. In the real world, with cars and houses and time, there lived two bohemian housewives with deep Midwestern roots. And one day, they were airlifted and dropped into the middle of Crown Heights, Brooklyn. These are their stories. Hey, Lauren. Becca Claver. How's it going? Oh, man. It's going good. It's going good. How are you? Cheers. 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 Hello, friend. We have a very special episode planned today. Very special episode. And very special. I, you know, I think we both know this is going to be one in a series of future mm. episodes called Feminist Field Trips. Feminist Field Trips. Here we go. That's... Feminist Field Trips makes me very excited because we're intentionally putting ourselves into feminist spaces and adventures that we are deciding we're curating what's available to us in New York City which is a lot which is a lot and this is what I was going to say which is that it makes me feel like not just like you know a piece of shit who lives in Brooklyn and like doesn't go to all this cool feminist stuff it makes me feel like I'm I'm doing it I'm, I'm really alive. doing it you know yeah. Because, you know, it's like you post these things on Facebook and people who live in other places are like, oh my God, I wish I could go to that. And here yeah. we are just spoiled. We're to spoiled. Death. It's true. And so, like, we just, there's just this kind of, like, um, ennui that takes over and you're just kind of like, oh, I can't do it all. I can't. And it's just the wrong attitude. It is you the know? wrong attitude. The right attitude is like, yes. Yes. I'm going to do it. Yes, and you know I what I'm going to do? I'm going to fully participate and I'm going to... Report back yeah. to all of those who to wish the they could be there. Want to talk about it? Want to know about and it? Can't be. And so that is my feminist duty that I'm here to fulfill. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I I agree with that statement. I really do. I think that it it is it's some it can be overwhelming. There's there's even there is even a plethora of feminist events to go to. Mm-hmm. So many that we were just looking at the calendar compl- and and felt completely overwhelmed by what was our choices already. We've already planned so many field trips because we're so excited about it. Just in October, we've got feminist talks, feminist films. (laughs) And we're not even... It's obnoxious, And and we're saying no to an enormous... Just so many different things. Yeah. And we're not being asked to these things. We're just... We're fine. Yeah. I mean, of course. (laughs) Yes. Yet, but we are finding them, and we're thrilled about them. And friends of ours are informing us about them too, which is super, super exciting. Yeah, there are networks happening. I'm like, Feminist so networks. for example, mm. the Future Feminism Exhibit Ooh. series that we are about to talk about uh-huh. tonight. There were 13 nights of it. It yeah. just ended last night. Mm-hmm. We could have gone. 
Yeah. All 13 nights. All 13 nights. And we didn't. We did not. We but went you to know one. what? I know a lot of people who went zero nights. I know who most are people who really are excellent. Excellent people. Yeah. And people. And well, same thing. So we went one night, which is better than nothing. Oh, yeah. I don't feel sad about it. I feel celebratory about it. Me too. I feel like I got... There was so much to process from just this one night that it might have been overwhelming to go to even another one. Oh, it was... Another one. I, absolutely. I'm still processing it. It yeah. was really a big... The whole night was an event. And with Feminist Field Trips, we're excited. This is our first talk about our Feminist Field Trips. It's our first one ever. And this was... We, were, we went to The Hole, which... It's my duty to tell you about what that is. The whole is um, Kathy Grayson started it, and she used to be the director at Deitch Projects, which was founded by Jeffrey Deitch. And he's great news. He was a big gallerist and curator in New York. He opened in 1996. I found out today when we were doing our moment before we start just to find out really what we're talking about because I needed a little refresher mm-hmm. course I don't I know you know what you're talking I about I do I mean I know I know I know I we were talking about this in line mm-hmm. and I did see him once in Deitch Projects before they closed and he went to become the curator at LA MOCA mm-hmm. and I remember what you said about him was that yes. his glasses matched Match his, his suits suits okay yeah. I thought it was tied yeah yes it was really epic look. and he was like you know working he was working and you know selling this one gentleman who was there or you know whatever their their connection was going to be together it was clear that he was he was it, it wasn't like a personal thing mm-hmm. man it was a beautiful thing to see so he lives in LA now in Cary Grant's old house I found mm. out from Wikipedia but um Kathy Grayson remains in New York and started the whole which I think is a I mean essentially feminist name for a gallery yeah. they have eight four thousand square feet on the Bowery found that out she I think she took also a bunch of women who worked at each projects went with her I think that beginning group of people were all women Mm. at the whole putting on some of the most like forward thinking underground yet highbrow art Mm -hmm. not just you know what year did you say this was i think that they start well oh i think it started in 2009 okay i think maybe 2010 and it's on the Bowery. Which yeah, is I was just kind of wondering. Yeah, if it's, it's like yeah. what what kind of yeah, on what, the Bowery was it when exactly. it started, and it was kind of like post hyper gentrification. NYU uh-huh. moves into the yes. neighborhood everywhere. Bowery. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. exactly. Well, I mean, awesome that this woman-owned yeah. gallery is succeeding in that Majorly. place where the rents must be out of control. Exactly. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, and has been for a long time, and has been putting on, you know, really. Progressive. I mean, for 13 nights of feminist art with, like, specific feminist tenets that I can't wait for you to get into, Becca. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... It's a it's a huge commitment. And I think it it's a huge commitment to feminist art. It's a huge commitment to change. It's a huge commitment to just bringing women into a space that we fucking deserve to be in. That's which right. is seen and heard. That's right. Future feminism. I mean... Just the sound of it, really intriguing. What is it? Is this Mm -hmm. a movement, a philosophy, a group of artists? It's all of these things, I think. Mm -hmm. So the five organizers of Future Feminism, 
They're all musicians, performance artists. Um, it's Anthony, mm-hmm. Kembra Follard, uh-huh. Joanna Constantine, and Bianca Cassidy and Sierra Cassidy. And the Cassidy's form the band Coco Rosie together. Mm-hmm. So Love Coco Rosie. They had been meeting over the course of the last three years, and they call them retreats. I don't know if that meant they went off together to the Catskills to an Airbnb what? or something. Retreats? I don't know. I don't know what exactly they mean by retreats. Oh. I was reading in an interview that they um, they basically just like decided. Which is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, too. Like, they decided to kind of, like, get away from the their computers and, like, talk in real life. And kind of, like, you know, I feel like the internet gives us all this knowledge and then what do we do with it? So, like, they were kind of like, okay, like, here we are, these feminist artists with all of this knowledge and, like, we need to talk in real time. So they would just get together and talk over the course of many years and, you know, define what future feminism, they also call it frontier feminism, means for them. And then they would just, like, take notes on what they were saying and kind of, like, take notes on the notes and just, like, keep coming back and revisiting everything and distilling everything until they came up with these 13 tenets. So I want to just read a little excerpt from an interview that's on the Huffington Post with these artists um, that gives you kind of like a sense of where mm. where these future feminist ideas are coming from. And then we're going to actually deliver the 13 tenets and kind of like send them out there mm-hmm. over the airwaves. and Over a course of time, not this work. You know, see what you can do with yeah. them. We're yeah, we're gonna just keep referring back to them. Yeah, so we're just gonna we're just gonna put them out there for the first time today and return. So here's Anthony from this interview. It's this idea of feminine systems and what is feminine governance, rather than previous incarnations of feminism that have strived for women to have equal status in society. In what we've perceived or been taught to perceive as a gender neutral system. These systems have all been generated by men. The systems of governance, the religious systems, these are ancient constructs. The future feminist point of view has increasingly leaned not towards striving for equal status within a male construct or a male society, but rather to invite a redesign of society yes. based on the principles of Fuck, a feminine yes. archetype in order to create the hope of a sustainable future for us all. So, I mean, I would say that, like, first of all, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. First of all, yes. Because it's only, it's never going to change if it's within the system that it's already in. That's exactly so. That's the number one person. Second of all, I would say that, like, I'm sure they know their history, and this is just an interview, but um, this has, like, long been a topic in feminism. Like, do we work within the system and try to, like, within this, these systems of government, religion, etc., created by men, like, try to give women equal status, or do we blow the whole thing up and try to, like, redesign our entire Uh societal structures? Now... 
Right. One of these things is much harder than the other, yes. which is why, like, radical feminism is, like, not... the more difficult yes. point of view. But, like, you know, like, difference feminism, one. equality feminism, like, this has been a question for feminism for a long <sighs> time. And, you know, the, the idea of, like, putting these different values out into the world is really important and I feel like the only way to do it is to start the way they're starting to you know to like start from where you are and put those values out there and like let it spread because we're not really gonna like I mean I don't know maybe feminists will just like storm the Bastille and like take down the government it's like I don't but, even like, know what I don't it think that like. yeah I don't think that's don't gonna happen in 2014 like, like no. I think like Infusing the culture with these ideas is much more, um, is is going to be a more effective way to get these messages out there. So because I think the only real way to, I mean, this this stuff is so radical and so outside of the ideas that we have about gender and the ideas that we have about norms. It's to me. There's, it's not, the change is so far from where we are now. This is about kind of influencing people who have already changed, who are already going to a feminist art event. Yeah. You know, this is about kind of like changing the ideas of what we as feminists think of feminism and think of how we can actually change it. Right. And, I, you know, I love a list. I fucking love a list. I love making a list for all sorts of things. So I have, I'm, I, I, I kind of feel like I look forward to maybe at the end of whenever the, the day comes that we get through these, mm-hmm. that we kind of make our own personal, what's, I mean, we haven't talked about a real housewives of Bohemia, like the tenant command. Exactly. Yeah. Like what could that look like? Yeah. Maybe we'll go through this process and find out who knows. Mm-hmm. So all right, let's hear these, and then we're going to tell our story. Do you want to, like, go back and forth, maybe? Okay, girl, okay. yeah, love it, love it. So, one, the subjugation of women and the earth is one and the same. Two, future feminism requires the participation of all people. Three, enforce a global standard for the rights and ethical treatment of women. Four, identity biological differences, oh, identify biological differences between the sexes and draw individuals into greater accountability on the basis of their predispositions. Hmm. Five. Interesting. Yeah, five. This is one of our personal favorites, both Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. me and Lauren. Mm -hmm. Five, relieve men of their roles as protectors and predators. That's a good Mm -hmm. one. Six, redefine the societal roles of women and men in response to the present conditions. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. What are the present conditions? What are the present conditions? Who, who, and, and also, who gets to fucking define them? I think mm-hmm. it's... Okay. Feminists. Seven, advocate for feminine systems in all areas of governance. Eight, build political structures using a circular model. Yeah, we've got some things to say about circles coming up in a bit. Yeah. Nine, repattern societies to nurture the resurgence of biodiversity. Ten, feminize male-centric language. We talk about feminist lexicon a lot, which Mm -hmm. is great news. Yeah, we're we're doing that work here. Mm -hmm. Eleven, deconstruct the mythology of male spiritual supremacy. This is the night that we... We we were at Future Feminisms. 
<laughs> 12. Restore the female archetype as central to creation. I'm 13. The future is female. It's also the time of Kali right now, which makes me... It's the time of Kali. What does that mean? Like, fall is the time of Kali as... Um, because she's the destroyer in order to create. Mm-hmm. Fall is her time to, like... You know, you burn your fields in fall to get them ready for spring to plant again. And that's like the... It's also the crone time. It's mm-hmm. the witch time. Spring is like the maiden time. And Destroyer is my favorite band, and I always I always think of it in that way. Like, uh-huh. you gotta destroy before you create, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so one of the things I was realizing as we were reading the tenets is that there's this really large emphasis on feminism's relationship to environmentalism. And so I just wanted to read one more quote from this interview that addresses that because I think it's really powerful. So this is Antony still. This is actually just the continuation of what I was just reading. So, there are male values rooted in a prehistoric drive to survive in hostile conditions. They are now driving us to extinction. You know what I mean? Driving our world into loss of biodiversity, climate change, and we're still in the dark ages in so many parts of the world. Biblical strife with beheadings and all the crazy shit that's going on in the world. Radical subjugation of giant swaths of the population. And all of this is sort of the climax of a, mer- of a male spiritual system. We represent a wall of frontier New York women artists who suggest that there are other possible trajectories, that we could step back and redesign the way that we participate and listen to each and take the time to reimagine how we participate here and create a future for ourselves. So, I mean... I think the reason that blows me away is just because, like, this kind of announcement of, like, oh, like, we're past the point of no return on climate change. Like, we're past the point of no return mm-hmm. on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's not, like, a cause yeah. for hopelessness. Maybe this just, like, is this the is final maybe, sign yeah. that we need to, like, have a total paradigm shift and, like, or it's already change our values. Maybe it's already happening and we don't. We can't even recognize it yet because I mean, you, maybe the tools. I mean, the the it's starting to crumble. Mm-hmm. The dismantling of of at least what the expectations are right. starting to you know. I mean, maybe RHB is just one part of ripple and dismantling and of patriarchy. And dismantling of patriarchy. We like to think so. we absolutely like to think so. <laughs> I I feel that way truly and deeply. I think. I think this kind of gets us into some of our, the actual, like, our night. Yeah. When so we, we should set the actual, scene. We should set yeah, the let's scene. just, yeah. you know, I was at UCB. I was seeing um, some shows there mm-hmm. that were great. And so I was in Chelsea, and I was coming to meet you on the Bowery, and I was running a little bit late. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to the Bowery and saw a long line and I thought surely all of these people couldn't be here for this feminist art exhibit yeah but you girl. know what the magic of living in New York City yeah you know the rents are high but the turnout for feminist events also high we couldn't even get into the pussy riot thing <laughs> do you remember that we waited in you're line right for a how long many time. how many feminist lines have we waited in where we can't even get in <laughs> So this is 
isn't such a terrible <laughs> society we live in. Yeah, right? and I guess in fact, not. we couldn't even really. I mean, we got into the gallery of the whole, but we didn't even really get into to like the, the auditorium, event, space. the auditorium space where they were showing the films. Yeah, we watched the projection. So of it. yeah, so we'll get there in a sec. So this line, it's long. Um, it's just filling up. There are these tourists, like, stopping and asking me what's going on here. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's a feminist performance art event. And, like, at this point, I don't even really know what to expect because the description of the events is very spare. It's really just the artist names. So I, we were there basically to see Carolee Schneemann, and I thought, like, oh, okay, it'll be performance art. It was actually a night of film. And Marina Abramovich had been, is that, is that, did I just... Abramovich. Yeah. I, do you want to know that once I, when I thought that I was going to go sit with her the day before I actually sat with her, yeah. I was doing a spell so that I, like, leisurely drinking my coffee, thinking, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see her. It's going to be amazing and easy. It was, of course, inc- it's insane lines. It, I never yeah. got in. It was terrible. I so learned my lesson. But I was what saying, Lauren is I was saying to her, oh, yeah, is the artist. The Marina Abramovich, the artist is present. Yes. At, MoMA, yes. which she did for how long? How long did she sit there? I a think month? she was, no, 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 like no. four or five, a long time. Oh, really? Four months, yeah. Oh, I was God. there towards the end of it. At the beginning, you could just walk in yeah. and do it. And you can see but, your face online, right? All the yes, faces yes. of everyone who sat there. Yeah. So Lauren's face is among them. Do you remember the date? Um, nope, I don't. I, I, no, I don't. But it was awesome. It was, yeah. I will have to, that was an incredible thing. I'm saying, I, you know, when the day before that I went, I said her name over and over and over again as like a spell to get in. Mm-hmm. And I was saying it incorrectly, like I just did. <laughs> and I was saying Abramovich instead mm-hmm. of Abramovich. And I didn't get in. And then the next mm-hmm. day, I watched all the stuff. I was like, I you knew the password. Exactly. Yeah. I, I figured out the password. <laughs> so I ended up getting Feminist in. Feminist lines. They're long. Yeah, they're real yeah. long. I sat with her for 24 minutes, but I waited, I think, for four or five, six mm-hmm. hours. Long time. Anyway. And the Pussy Riot event we tried to get into was at the Ace Hotel. Yeah. Eileen Miles. And you were a cape to that, which was beyond. Really? Yeah, girl. I'm pretty sure you did. Good for me. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Cheers to that. To your cape. That seems kidding? like the right call. That's right, because I really wanted us to wear balaclavas, but I was afraid that we would get arrested because of the fucking mask law in New York City, where if three or more people are assembled wearing masks, you get arrested. Oh, if you... The only way you can get away with it is if you are coming from or going to a masquerade. So there's always... <laughs> <laughs> There's always this idea in the back of my mind of like, yes, me? I am just hopping from masquerade no, no. to masquerade. I'm, going I'm like, to- yeah, that's how that's how I get away with this. But yeah, they well, they use that for Occupy. Was that was the problem that they were arresting people with that? Like, it's from like the mid 19th century that mask law, and they were arresting people at Occupy for wearing masks, right? Using that law, that's so- and then they created that same law. Or a similar law in Russia, <laughs> like the year that Pussy Riot, the members of Pussy Riot got arrested, they like instated that law for the first time, also a mask law. So, anyway, masks, they're, they're for feminists. Yeah. <laughs> feminists are masked and dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this, I also want to say that a couple, just a couple of other people that we're not going to talk about, and then we are going to tell you our story of. That were there, Marina, 
Um, Anne Waldman, Anne Waldman, Kiki Smith, some something called No Bra, which you know I'm into. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Terrence Coe, yeah, Marina was the, I said her name six times. Alice O'Malley, Joanna Constantine. A couple other poets and writers, I think. Um, Anne Carson and Mae Mae Bersenbury uh-huh. were there. Laurie yes. Anderson, did you say? Yes. Yeah. So it was a real collection of female thinkers or maybe female identifying thinkers. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% sure about. I don't know if they address that, but... Yeah, I think it's, like, women-identifying women artists. Women-identifying yeah, artists. Including Antony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... So, yeah, so we met in line, mm-hmm. and I was a little winded, and you and had you were been sick. There, and like, I was you a little were really sick. being a I was, total champ. I was a champ, a feminist yep. champ, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was our first... Feminist field trip, and I was never going to miss it. It had been raining all day. It was I raining, thought, surely yeah. Lauren will cancel. It's raining. She's sick. No. No. We're Trooper. Doing it. She's We're there. Doing it. We're doing We're it. in line. We're just waiting for this line to move. Mm-hmm. And some guys come up to us and ask <laughs> us. And wait, but before that, before that, are we having, are we going to talk about weak masculinity? And I don't think we said weak. Oh, was I think weak? we were talking about sensitive men. Sensitive men. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And isn't it interesting that I say weak now? <gasps> I'm I such know. a product of my fucking. Hey, we're we're here to self critique. You know, like, sure. I know. I we we're are learning. We are, we're learning, and it's all a we process. know what happens, right? Like this is. I mean, let's return to tenant number five. Five. Yeah. Relieve men, men of their roles as protectors and predators. The problem. With getting there is that, like, it is ingrained in all of us, not just Lauren. It is ingrained in all of us that sensitivity equals weakness, equals Mm. femininity, you know, like, Mm -hmm. all of these things are aligned on that same binary, like, the weak side of shit. So, like, this is what we have been fed, and now we, like, purge it out of us. That's, That's our goal. But you gotta identify mm-hmm. it before you purge it. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because what we were talking about when we were talking about sensitive men, I think was if the feelings. Because I remember some of the outrageous things that came out of my mouth about what I would be willing to put up with, which I'm happy to share. But I don't remember what was leading, like what we were so angry about about sensitive men. It wasn't having feelings. It was. Oh, oh! It was being sensitive, but not actually whole, but having empathy. Mm-hmm. You, your own self as a dude, are like, oh, I have feelings, so now I'm a sensitive guy, and right. it's like, oh no! But you have absolutely no ability to look outward into other people's feelings right. and other people's experiences, and so you just kind of like ignore them and continue to talk about your own feelings, which because it's so unlikely in the standards of masculinity that we have at this moment that a man will even talk about feelings you think the discussion of feelings means empathy and sympathy to other human beings be able to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes but in fact it's just narcissism yeah or even means feminist you know like the idea that like certain sensitive men like because Uh they feel like they're in touch with their feelings consider themselves more feminists when like in fact like the simple act of being in touch with your feelings while like 
no small feat for a lot of men. Like, yeah. can but still like, be, like, a completely self-centered act that has nothing to exactly. do with, like, promoting gender equality in the world, you know? It's, like, actually just kind of, like, claiming femininity for yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly. It's, you know, it's just, like, all about it's you. also, like, being, like... Like, oh, congratulations for doing the bare minimum of what it means to be alive. Experience your own feelings. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. am I? Okay, no. Yeah. And I fall, and I, I have been subject to fall for it many times. Yeah. And look forward to not falling for it again. And so, so there yes, we a, were. There we are. Judging so, men. Judging men. <laughs> we were just, we were just, just kind of man-hating. We were this a feminist bit. line. Yeah. And, you know, like, <laughs> kind of interrogating ourselves about it at the same time. Yes, but yes. Like, Certainly being accountable to it. But, like, really feeling it. And, yep. <laughs> I mean, I think part of the reason we were feeling it was because of this group of, shall we call them bros, who oh. walked up to us. And oh. it was it was just so funny to me because they were like, hey, what's this line for? It's like people see a long line in New York and they're like, what am I missing out on? So it's like, hey, what's this line for? And Lauren, bless her heart, <laughs> bless her heart, just like said in the most like eager, like sincere, m- sincere, yeah. matter of fact voice yeah, possible. Very... It's like this prof- this feminist performance art event, like in this gallery space. And she just kind of like gave this little, I mean, maybe you can remember Pitch, your exact sure. phrasing, but you were just like absolutely ready to believe that this group of bros who by the way started like physically backing away (laughs) the moment you said the word feminist (laughs) like you were so like generous is the word I think I used used at the time you were so generous to just think like yeah, these guys might be interested oh, in no. this event. Oh, I didn't know. Did I? I never. No. I don't know. I just, Your tone of voice delivered it was, it that message. It wasn't that message. I thought that they would be interested in the event. It was, I think, that I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I knew that they wouldn't, I don't think that they, I didn't think that they would come, but I also, I don't think I thought that it would like shake the foundation of the core of who they were, which I think is what happened. They just like, because I, I don't know, I don't think that it's so weird to like say I'm, maybe it's because there's a line to get into a feminist event, but I was just sort of like, yeah, like it's this feminist art event. Obviously, you guys don't want to be here, but all of us do. But then <laughs> well, they right. Like, like, a, like a really fascinating study in like pack behavior, right? Yes. Like here's like a pack of feminists and like, <laughs> ready to go. And then there's like a pack of dudes like, oh my God, I can't let my guy next to me know that like I would even be interested in this event for a second. Uh-huh. So I have to like physically, my baseball cap on backwards, uh-huh. like... Everybody, all of them have that. <laughs> I have to physically start backing away from this woman who I asked for information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was... Well, and then, which led to, the, you and I, and now I have a mouthful of cheese and crackers. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this led to our discussion of, like, we feel, when someone asks, or like, are you spiritual, or are you religious it's like well yeah I mean I'm, I kind of make it up on my own terms but I'm yeah. pretty serious about like like I am a person who cleanses my crystals right I'm with smoke and cold water on new and full moons like and I know that this doesn't seem real to so many people but that is and I don't take it so seriously 
I mean, I take it very seriously for myself, but I don't need anyone else to be into it. Right. I love when people that I'm around, but it's not just that. It's like I, tarot is a huge part of my life and astrology is a huge, well, or, and or astronomy is a huge part of my life. <laughs> it's hard to and tell. It's hard, it's hard to tell to what tell. it is. Um, but, you know, general just energy flowing is this. It's so the standards of which like I think, I know that that doesn't make sense to, like, so mm-hmm. many people, that they think that it's just absolutely, that I'm out of my mind about this stuff. But yeah. I don't, the same with feminism, like, I just don't, even if you're a hater and you're some, like, fucking dick that's, like, conservative mm-hmm. asshole, like, just, even if you're not a conservative asshole and you just, or any number of other people who are haters... I mean, even if it's that, I still sort of ex- expect you to think that it's a base, that it can be a baseline reality for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's when you can't understand that as a baseline reality for somebody else, even if you're totally against it. Or like you feel that someone else's reality is a threat, you know? Like that's sure. what I read on the sidewalk, sure. that it was yes. a threat. Sure. All right, so we're not even inside yet. We're not so even we inside. better rush this line along. We get to the front. Well, exactly. You're right. So we, we see a little, a tiny little sign on the door, printed on an eight and a half by eleven sheet. Due to a family emergency, Carly Schneeman. Well, now I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong. Schneeman, Schneeman. I've heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. Will not appear tonight. Okay. So she's like the famous feminist performance artist who did Meet Joy, Interior Scroll. She's who I'm there to see. It's a bummer. But we've been waiting in this line for long enough, mm-hmm. and there's other stuff going on, and so... If I'm honest, I knew nothing about her. Yeah, so, so for I was, was sort of like, same. yeah, it was all the same yeah. for me. Yeah. But I knew that you were disappointed. Yeah. Oh, slightly. Yeah. But still very willing to participate, which was great. Yeah. And cool. So... So... The auditorium's full. Mm-hmm. We can't... We, we are some of the first to arrive in after the auditorium's full, so we enter into the space, and there's... The art up, which you know, I'm, I'm, is sort of these round, pinkish-hued, moon-looking pieces that have the, all of these thirteen tenants that we've just read engraved into them. And huge we, pink moons. Huge pink moons. What would you say, like five feet diameter, mm, bigger, smaller, smaller? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, five feet is like, yeah, no, girl. Was it? Those big walls. Yeah. No way five feet. How Maybe tall are four. you? Maybe four. Maybe four. You think so? No way. F- no, How because I know you? from other friends of mine who have made art and like dimensions mm-hmm. and lists that I've made with price, you know, like I feel like though, not that I knew the prices mm-hmm. of those, but I know that the, I don't think they could be five. I'm five three. Here's my wingspan. Could it have been this wide? I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think okay. it could have been four. Okay. I still think that look huge. Because mm-hmm. like, that is not five. All right. Feet. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> good. 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 Moving on. Moving on. So we enter into uh, a space in the gallery that has half moon seating in chairs, one row, where they're going to be doing a projection of what's going on in the auditorium. So spillover room. We just go and sit down in the chairs because hey, there are chairs. And then everyone just kind of fills in on the floor in front of us and behind us standing all in half moon formation. Uh So, you know, like, 
I guess, like, people are sheep or whatever. Like, they just, like, see something and they do it. But, like... Or... Or there was, like, a magical... Divine feminine moment. formation happening where, like, just kind of rose filled in, like, just, like, filling this room... With more moon energy, and exactly. there was a lot of in moon a room energy. Full of full moons already. A half moon of yeah, people. rose quartz, full moons all around us, engraved with the thirteen uh-huh. tenets of future feminism. So it was, and then people standing in a, and sitting in a, and laying in a full moon formation to watch. So, so that like, was I. It may have been that. better. I think than it being was an auditorium. Where I you do have think to, so. Sit in those linear rows. No, so Uh, uh, exactly. Talk about how we can't even think about. (gasps) Mm -hmm. This is major. Mm -hmm. Like we can't even think about what the well circular structures. Tenet eight. Eight. Build political structures using a circular model. That's so, and it happened naturally in in a future feminist space. You know what that is too. It's so so Judy Chicago too. Judy Chicago Mm -hmm. at the Brooklyn Museum. All of her circles there. Just you know, reinvoking these archetypes that have been suppressed. It was important shit. It was it was great. We we so it was video art by Melanie Bonajo Bonajo. Who knows? I would say Bonajo. Bonajo. Oh, but who knows? Really? But, oh, no, but she, she was wasn't. German. Oh, right, because the other she one was, was the Colombian one. Yeah. So yeah, no, Bonajo. Was Jessica Mitrani was. I think she was Colombian. Colombian? Mm-hmm. Jessica. Oh Mitrani. wow. And then Carolee. and so we saw video pieces by them. Melanie went was first, and she went. I'm just going to give a quick. She yeah she was she went first hers was the longest of the pieces that we saw it was mm-hmm. it was a half hour didn't she also do the slideshow she also did a slideshow which man we've got yeah exactly I feel like you need to I don't know I mean you're the one who took these notes I feel <laughs> well like. she she gave the slideshow and she, about there was also a part about talking to plants which we yeah both have the a idea lot of was kind of like in. set up um, like a feminist environmentalist connection like the link between feminism and caring for animals and caring for plants caring for the earth so um (laughs) mother earth wasn't that our last episode yeah here we are again here we are throwback to mother earth um so she's showing these clips she shows this um was it eskimo or indigenous some kind of indigenous woman uh, who, it was like, an indi- indigenous woman of Greenland, of Greenland, who knew, like, is the only one who knew of, these she, songs. She, she was the youngest. She was the youngest child and daughter of the shaman, who, in her generation, nobody in one generation that the mystical songs and languages had been lost, and so yeah. she decided it didn't matter that she was a girl. She was the youngest of twenty. The and I think. Maybe the only girl, like nineteen yeah. boys, and then this girl, or something crazy like that. Yeah. And then she became a medicine woman herself, and yeah. like just owned it herself, and decided. So we got to see some footage of her performing, and then Melanie cut to these this Bonobo tribe, and I guess Bonobos are what they're apes. They're apparently matriarchal, and so. These these female bonobos have like giant clits outside their body. Giant vulva, everything. Giant everything. everything. Yeah, it's all just hanging out there. They rule the culture, 
and it's major. And so, <laughs> as Melanie's going through her slideshow, she gives this offhand remark. I always thought the clitoris shrunk because of patriarchy, and I had to get that one down because, you know, it's like, yeah. sounds crazy, except that except it doesn't. It doesn't sound crazy at all, actually. Yeah. It's interesting, and they, yeah, I mean, look into Bonobos mm-hmm. because, man, they like, the, the, the male species are stronger and can take down the women Mm -hmm. but because the women have such intense female bonding circles Mm -hmm. there's so many more of them that the men like that come together to attack that the men the male ones don't have a chance Mm. and so that was another thing that she was talking about Uh uh-huh it's gonna be a long one (laughs) yeah it's just and it could be a two parts even i mean we've got a lot it's (laughs) happening i mean i think yeah and that's that was one of the i mean how great is that just community-based mm-hmm. fucking power. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so she's just giving this, like, sideshow, and we don't know, we don't even know what we're about to see, and so we're just kind of like, all right, I guess this is the thing. Like, people are giving talks tonight or something. Mm-hmm. But actually, the slideshow was just, like, the precursor to, like, set up some of the ideas, I guess, she had been thinking about, or maybe she was trying to, like, directly address the 13 tenets, but... She went right from that slideshow into this 30-minute film, mm-hmm. which, like, took up some of the same themes, like, you know, was definitely, like, valorizing nature mm-hmm. and plant life and the feminine and animals mm-hmm. and everything, but... Was mostly about hallucinogenic yeah. plants. and I think, <laughs> I, think um, I would say most of the links between that slideshow and her film were left up to us to interpret, like, in a fascinating way. But, like, as... Sure. I think most of us walked in, unless you knew who the artists were, like, just not really knowing what to expect no. at all. And so we were just sort of like, okay. So there was a slideshow. And now we watched this 30-minute film. Right. And, I mean, it was... It was interesting. It brought a lot of ideas of female sexuality, female spirituality, female bonding what hallucinations and what kind of release and breaking down barriers of what's already of current expectations can do for your releasing your ego and I mean it was mm-hmm. it was a different language which mm-hmm. was interesting about it yeah it was and it started with her blind in a city like blindfolded in a city walking streets and you know with her arms outstretched feeling her way through mm-hmm the chaos and then the latter part of the film was with her in the woods with feathers and leaves and goats following her and face paint and walking in the night and it was so it was an interesting transition but yeah yeah and it was mostly made up of voiceovers of women talking about their experiences doing ayahuasca and the visual parts of the film didn't always match up with... I mean, my feeling was that it didn't always match up with the storytelling. Oh, no. Yeah. Or, no, no, But no, maybe no. they were meant to, like, conjure, like, the trip or whatever, you know, on some level. But, like, okay, sometimes... Yeah, sure. You know, like, there was this story of this woman who had been paralyzed and did ayahuasca and was healed. And at that point, there was, like, someone doing a ritual on a woman's body... Like, uh-huh. in this way where I thought it had kind of lined up. But, like, there are other moments where it didn't really seem to, like, the visual and the 
auditory parts of the film didn't really seem to line up, you know, which I'm sure is a choice and has to do with, like, the visions that people are having. But it was also really interesting because some of these, some of these trips were, like, totally spiritually or physically, like, in the case of the paralyzed woman, transformative, while others of them were, like, yeah, I went to this Brooklyn loft space, <laughs> and, like, I don't know, I didn't, I felt like I was just kind of, like, pretending to have this experience while other people yeah. were not. It was the profound and the totally mundane kind of put together. It was yeah. interesting, but so also... So it wasn't, like, romanticizing no. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It wasn't, like, wow, like, feminism and hallucinogenics together at last. It wasn't like that. It was sort of, like... Just women's experiences doing this drug, right? And and how a, and a lot of times it did bring kind of this release or kind of connectivity, yeah, to women in in particular. But it did lead me and Lauren to conclude like if you're gonna trip, do it outside in nature. Always. I mean, yeah. every time I trip, it moral, has to be outside. The moral of the film. I'm not doing it inside. That's for yeah. sure. It has to be outside. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, the the next. And, and Melanie also hosted an orgy, I think either tonight or last oh. night in Williamsburg, She, which she was like, I'm not joking, this yeah. is real. That's right. Come to this. There were invitations, it. it was right? a real invitation. We invitation? have one on the table somewhere here. Okay, great. I can take a picture of it and show you guys. Um, but Jessica Mitrani was next, and man, we the first one, and we were a little, what, we're going to talk a little bit now, it was like after the 30 minutes, now I loved... Melanie's piece mm-hmm. loved it thought it was great really enjoyed it but to think that there was going to be f- two other 30 minute pieces mm-hmm. was a lot for me especially being sick yeah so we kind of had a little moment and also the speaker was so blaringly Blaring. loud so loud yeah. that I had to keep my ear closed right so we did talk like hey and Becca leaned over to me and was like do what you need to do girl like you can <laughs> you can leave yeah. if you need to as a direct quote yeah. which it was true but I knew we could. I, I knew there was no way it was going to be an hour. To, I mean, an hour and a half of a feminist video art. I just felt like that was impossible. As even though there was a line of people, they're not going <laughs> to wait. They're not going to do that, including myself probably. Um, so the next was Jessica, and or maybe yeah, Jessica. Who knows? Who, knows? who yeah. knows? But I'm going to say Jessica because I don't know, and that's what I'm more comfortable with at the moment. Mm-hmm. But. Um, her first, we don't need to. I, I don't know if we need to go through all the pieces, but maybe let's just talk about the headdresses for or headpieces for peace. Headpieces for peace because was our can, favorite. It was. It was. I loved the first one as well, mm-hmm. but it was. We can't find it online, and I wish I yeah, could watch headpieces it. Headpieces for peace. You can at least Google and find out more about. It. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you can watch it, but I think um, you can. You it's can. on her YouTube. Yeah. Okay, great. And so it's black and white film. A bunch of women wearing headpieces. I don't think you could ever see anyone's face. No. So they were made to represent these various religions, but also kind of like interesting, crazy combos of, you know, not just like religions, but like these weird headpiece identities. And and so some of them were individual. Some of them were speaking to each other, kind of like cross-cultural dialogues. And yeah. it was whack, you know? It was really funny. It, it was, was The music was awesome. Yeah. All of the music and all of her pieces were great. The yeah. music was great in general, but yeah, it was it was real it was like poppy and boppy. Mm-hmm. It was real cut you could kind of move to it and the 
because it was so monochromatic and these the headdresses were so completely elaborate and mm-hmm. over the top and such a meshing of different cultures put together to create these sort of like alternate religious ideas mm-hmm. like I mean it wasn't there one that was just called like Vogue or something something like that <laughs> yeah. it was like a single single word one but yeah, it was a re- it was super fun and only maybe only three or four minutes. Yeah, it was hers cl- started. Her first one was a little longer, but then they they kept they went quick. Yeah, we just kept like we cutting from that. one headpiece to the next. We and loved the palm one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I feel like the headpieces, in terms of the tenant of the evening, deconstruct the mythology of male spiritual supremacy. Like there was something about that film that like maybe out of everything yes. really spoke to that idea because it was almost like um it was like crazy female mysticism or something yes. like you know like medieval times like how like women would like go into this rapture this almost like erotic rapture in their mysticism it was like kind of that thing where like there was something just so like fashionable and spiritual and hilarious like it was this really strange combination of tones and moods in this film um it was it was really incredible yeah so that's our pick that's That's our pick of the evening i think that was a really go find it headpieces for peace by jessica mitrani yeah you're gonna find Find it on on our tumblr on a tumblr Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna find it on the on the real housewives of bohemia blog and you know, when we were standing in the line, we were standing right, we were at the space in the line, you know, far enough back that we didn't get into the auditorium, but just at the right spot to be directly in front of the future feminism shop. Mm-hmm. And I said to you in line, I love exiting through the gift, gift shop. Mm-hmm. I, it, I love it. Mm-hmm. I am a I am a total consumer, mm-hmm. and I come from I I try to make like conscious choices, and I try to yeah I I guess that's it make conscious choices. But when it comes to art that I love, that are also related to experiences that I've had it had, I am on a different. I, it's mm-hmm. like I have to, I want to it's look. And see, it's totally yeah. irresistible. Mm-hmm. And especially some future feminism. I mean, this is, it's not going to happen. Now, listen, I am, I'm into Jeff Koons, but I'm not going to buy a $80 Jeff Koons book at his, I saw the exhibit, fine, but it's, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, but future feminism, please. I'm ready to go crazy. Put my money where my mouth is. Exactly. I want, mm-hmm. and, and, and own a piece of it. <laughs> <laughs> And a hunk of it, exactly. Uh-huh. So as we're leaving, we kind of take in the moon, the moons with the tenets of uh, future feminism on them, and they they're made of rose quartz, which is really exciting. Rose quartz. Did is you a, know just by looking at them that they were made of rose quartz? I would. I thought so. Yeah. Didn't look. You thought either they're painted to look that way yeah. or they're, you know, no, whatever. No, because you said rose quartz while we were still just walking through the gallery. Mm-hmm. Because it looked like it. Oh, it okay. really looked like yeah. it. And then I realized that it was rose quartz, mm-hmm. which was very exciting. And rose quartz is one of the most, I mean, feminine-centered energy crystals that there can be. Mm-hmm. It's all about love, self, unconditional self-love, healing, nourishment comfort it's kind of you know a mother stone 
and it speaks directly to the heart chakra, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, this, and, and, and it's equal in earth, universe, and divine, which is in, there's very few stones that are, con, you know, kind of connecting all those pieces. Some ground you to the earth, some bring you up into the heavens, and so you can, you know, commune with your mm-hmm. energies or whatever it, it may be. But this is a, Rose Quartz is specifically feminine and specific to all the things that we have access to so it was that was pretty great and I was like if I had a billion dollars I would just buy one of these right any of them that are available maybe they're all so that I was like I want a rose quartz moon with a tenet of future feminism on it super duper bad and then we took some pictures and said okay which I still I didn't put those ones out we'll go good because I'll put it so and then we you God, said do you think they're gonna sell them all just to like individuals like it's kind of sad that they wouldn't be in a series yeah no probably individually yeah. and then I think so. that some folks will you know loan them to yeah. museums and stuff but alright capitalism but we you got to win see, you win this time capitalism <laughs> but we did get to see them in together which yeah. was really beautiful and yeah. special and you said, do you want to go exit through the gift shop? Which was fun, because we had already had the discussion about mm-hmm. it. And what I really was hoping for was posters of the moons. But instead we found... Little hunks. Of... Rose quartz. With... Double Fs. Four. No, it does not stand for Fuck Them Fridays. <laughs> it stands for Future Feminism. Backwards F, forwards Four F. F. And in the shape of a V. I immediately went to the triangle shaped one, uh-huh. which was a lighter pink color. Lauren went for this darker, really gorgeous, deeper pink, um, uh-huh. squarish shaped mm-hmm. one. It was a little like wider on the top. It was. It wasn't a triangle. It was four sided, but it was mm-hmm. wider on the top, and the F's were real low to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And lucky me, Lauren said, hey, I didn't buy you a birthday present. Except for one bottle of rosé. Three months ago. <laughs> so so um, I'm going to get you this Rose Quartz Future Feminism um, power rock. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I couldn't refuse. It was amazing. Lauren well, we got we hers. Asked there was the dude, no, yeah. like, hey, what do you think? How much are these? He was, he was like basically going to let you pay whatever you wanted. He was like, let me go check. I don't know. He was really happy. He kept just it like affirming your decision. And then we left with our purchases. Yeah. And Lauren held hers in her hand and realized. It was the wrong one. Wrong. <laughs> wrong one. I knew wrong. it. I knew it. And I put this one down because it was like a little small. Now i got to pick it up again. It was like a little too small and I was like it's not as deep colored mm-hmm. I don't you know let's hold it up to the microphone this in case is it gives exactly off any a little vibe rays okay yeah I mean the, the was, pink of the one you that was the first you know one what? I picked up that's the why I was like I looked this online is the I was learning about rose one. quartz online and I think that darker pink is slightly more valuable however this is the I one. think of it as a fine rosé I I used to pick like kind of hot pink roses because I thought like that's my favorite color pink. You know what? They no, taste bad. Don't like. You them. know what the good rose is like? The kind lightest of like a one. Peachy a peach pink. A peach rose yeah. is the most delicious rose. 
as with Rose Quartz Future Feminism gift shop. Yeah. yeah. And this was also, it was, it was the, it's interesting. The first one I picked up was the dark one. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is okay. Well, I always have a, you know, the first one you pick up, at least for me, is always like sort of has some meaning. Like, right. Yeah. It's like the tarot card that falls out of the deck. Mm-hmm. You better pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. But this was the one that kind of came after that. That was, I feel like that one was the entry. But you know what happened is I, I went back, I exchanged it for this one, blue, you know, the guy who's like, okay, I guess that works. Sure. Just kind of told him it was happening. This one was smaller anyway. So I took this one and then I didn't stop holding it in my hand as I sort of am yeah, now. Yeah, clasped. Clasped, hard. Yeah. Like couldn't Between stop. Between two palms. Pa- but yeah, both. And I didn't stop until we went and we found, after a long time, a magical pizza place. With my favorite pasta, (laughs) owned by my favorite restaurant also. Oh, did you confirm that? Oh, yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. For sure. I knew because I had been there before. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if, I I wasn't sure what the name is. Yeah. And then we had a couple glasses. We talked about our experience, started to process it. It was, uh, it was... Perfect. We thought yeah. for a minute we were going to go home. And you know what? Like, you think you can't really get more out of an evening than all of this feminist art and philosophy. But actually, but when you add wine friendship. and pizza and pasta and friendship. <laughs> and friendship. When, and also, so I had lemon parmesan pasta. You had spicy as fuck marinara pizza. Yeah. Margarita pizza. It was marinara pizza, marinara pizza, and then they were all, there's not cheese on that pizza. Do you want to add cheese? And I was like, yeah. Yes, I fucking do. And, and, you know. Don't ask me again. Yes, add cheese is always the right answer. Yes. It was delicious. It was perfect. It was yeah. a great, it was a great thing. Mm-hmm. And then we took a cab home, and I just want to say, in conclusion. In conclusion. Driving over the Manhattan Bridge every time. Is magic, but with you, dear friend, you and me and Lady Lib. There we are, mm-hmm. looking at Lady Liberty. Fucking oh, definite field trip of the future. I've never been. Neither have I. Well, we'll see you there, everyone. See you there, everybody. <laughs> Better run, motherfuckers. <laughs>